Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy Monday for those that are here live. Happy whatever day it is for those that are here at any time of the day. We are live every morning at 9 a.m. With God's help, we are on demand every day at noon. For those that are watching this on demand, you can check the different platforms, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, at 12 o'clock. We will hopefully have the show uh, broadcasted then at noon. It's great to be with you again. Another day, another opportunity to get a little bit better than yesterday. That's what life's about, no? A little bit better? A couple minutes to like think about it. Getting better doesn't really require an incredible amount of discomfort. It requires a little bit of awareness and a little bit of discomfort. And if you just hit it every single day for the rest of your life, you, you, you blow through it. And so that's what we're doing here. We're just trying to get a little bit better. And we've been really trying to chip away at a perspective in life. It's a perspective of empowerment. It's the, it is the beginning of our success. The things that we spoke about earlier in the show, you know, in, in the 20s and 30s and the 40s of our episodes, about success, about achieving significance, achieving connection, all these are are visions that we're going for. And if you've been journaling and you, you're doing a little bit of the vision exercise, if you haven't, we're happy to send you the some of the work that we did, the workbooks, what you want to be, what your ideal day is. These are all critical things, especially now. I mean, this is like the perfect time for it. August is the perfect time for this because it's warm. If you're watching this in the Northern Hemisphere, so that like you're, 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 you have like a little bit more of like a let's go out and go do it feel. The world is taking off vacation. We don't take vacation. There's no such thing as vacation. Vacation is an opportunity to do something else. It's an opportunity to delve into family or to delve into yourself. So while the world is sitting around doing nothing for two, three weeks, we get to have the opportunity to prepare ourselves for the fall. This is like the perfect time to create an ideal day. Sit down for a few hours one day in the next two weeks and write out what, you're, what you want to look like. Pick a day next August and a year from now. What do you want to have? And do all those things. Do the, do the exercises because this is the perfect time for it. And now all of that's critical because that's going to determine where you go. That's putting the, 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 the address into ways. But the gas... To get you there is going to come down to the work we're doing now, which is empowerment. Because you can have all the ideas in the world, and you need them. Because you can have all the gas in the world. If you don't know where you're going, you're just going to run out of gas, going nowhere. If your life is a track, and you're just going round and round, just season to season, holiday to holiday, whatever, whatever, birthday to birthday, if you haven't really grown much in 10 years, welcome to the club. But just recognize that you're on a track. You're not going straight. You're going around. Vision. Where am I going? How do I break the patterns and say I want to be here? How do I build a habit off that so that I get there more and more and more? How do I do these things where I can be going in a direction that I can make sure that I'm growing each and every year. That's critical. 
But in order for me to get there, I need to be empowered. In order for me to get there, I need to be empowered by it. How do I do that? So we've been talking about that. We've been talking about that here, about first understanding what empowerment is and what it's not and getting something, some empowerment based on materialism doesn't work. And then we've been really delving into the world of gratitude. And gratitude really is the beginning. It's the beginning of changing our minds by going on offense for the positivity, by appreciating the things that we have so that we start to flood our minds with more and more enjoyment of positivity. So, so when we look out into the world, even if something comes our way that isn't as positive, it's in the context of so much good that we have. We show God that when he gives us something, we don't just take it for granted. You know, what's, what's more offensive to parents than to give their kids something of value for that child to enjoy for a few moments and then ask for the next thing? Especially if what they're asking for is small. It's like when you buy your kids like a, a game console for lots of money and they play and then after a while, they're like after a few minutes, they just start fetching over one of the games and you're like, wait, 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 don't you appreciate what you have? And they're like, no, that was like a month ago. Who appreciates a game console a month into using it? You, you change the relationship to the giver. You change the relationship to what you have. And you begin the process of looking out into the world with different eyes. That's only really the first piece. Gratitude is only really the first piece. Once you're in a state of gratitude... Once you're in a state of positivity, then you could actually make changes with how you deal with the stimulus that is in front of you. If you're coming at things in front of you from a negative place, the negativity overwhelms. You have to come at things from a positive place so that you can learn from them. Right? If a person is at work and they feel empowered to do a great job and they do deliver a, a presentation, they do a project, and that project comes back with criticism, if they are at it with a certain level of confidence or gratitude or positivity, they will take those comments in a much different way than if they're coming at it negatively. If a person delivers a project and is in a negative place and someone makes one small comment, they're blown. If someone delivers a project and they're in a positive space, that positive space leads them to wanting to be better. And so when the criticism comes in, they can digest the criticism in a much better way. They could analyze better. They have the strength to slow down and change how they do something. So what gratitude is doing for us, it is flooding our mind with positivity. It is in many cases reducing the need for that thing to work out every single day. I don't need traffic to open up. I don't need my boss to love me. I don't need, I want these things. I don't need them because I have gratitude. It means I have joy, which means I have positive expectations, which means I look at the world and I realize that the thing in front of me is quite small. And if it works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, I'll still be okay. Once I've taken the control of the thing that I need to happen and shifted me to being in charge, my whole relationship changes to it. 
Now I'm open to seeing what it really is and what it's really not. I'm open to understanding what I am and doing right and what I am doing wrong. I can look at it differently. I can analyze what's in front of me differently. I'm not like praying that it works itself out. For the sports fans in the room, that's the difference between watching a game with your favorite team and not with your favorite team. If, you, if you're a crazy sports fan and you watch a game, you're not watching the game, you're watching to make sure your team wins. You can't enjoy the game. You enjoy the victory. If those teams are not playing, you get to watch the game and analyze it and talk about it and learn from it. You can't do that when you're watching your favorite team. You need them to win. If you need to win every day of your life, you can't possibly look at your life and analyze what is right and what is wrong. And one of the greatest understandings that we have to get to when it comes to our lives is that we don't know if what's in front of me is good or it's bad. Now, I want to I wanna, I wanna jump in there and I want to right away take out all the, the extreme stuff. Like all the stuff that's clear. There's plenty of stuff in this world that's clear, good and bad. So let's just accept that out. There's some real challenge and there's some real blessings. Okay, let's stay in the middle. Let's stay in the middle. We would call common day life, not extremes. Bringing a life into this world is clearly good. Go off a bit, some major pain is clearly bad. And even that, when you get into clearly bad psycho, uh, theological stuff, you can discuss how that's ultimately good, but it's not for this show. When we deal with day-to-day life, there's something our brains are not good at. And that's understanding what this thing was going to do for me long-term. This is a concept brought to the world by a man named Daniel Kahneman. Daniel Kahneman is a Nobel laureate for behavioral economics. His partner, Amos Tversky, and him invented behavioral economics. There's a great book about them. I think it's called The Undoing Project. I'm not sure. I'm sure Andy will post what it is. It's a bio written by Michael Lewis about them. Yeah. Andy gave me the go-ahead. I just got word on the chat that our good friend Brett Diamond is in the hospital with his wife, with God's help. She's in labor. With God's help, it should be good. Healthy, a healthy baby, as they say, Tova. There's some good news for us in the chat here. Brett is a brother of ours. He's a close friend of everything that we're doing here. So Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky were one of the first to explain that economics is not just like widgets. We're human beings, and you have to factor in behavior. You have to factor in human, the human element to it. And one of the things that he speaks about is the idea of bias. And if you go through his stuff, you will realize that we as human beings are really bad at decisions. We're biased. Interviews are largely irrelevant because we're so biased towards ourselves that the people that sit in front of us that look like us have such an advantage, even though they may not be right for the company. We're biased to confirm things that we already think we know. Right? If you grew up in a family that had a, have, have a political belief 
and you have a good relationship with your family, most likely you are going to be that person, even if they're wrong. Because you had it when you were young, that was what you thought was true, and you're just basically looking at the world and you're looking to confirm your thesis. Human beings are really not great at seeing things that hurt, hearing criticism. And one of the things that he brought out is something called the illusion of validity. of validity. The illusion of validity. And what that means, it's a bias. And this bias is when we overcompensate our ability to interpret and predict accurately an outcome. When we look at what's in front of us and we predict something that is not necessarily accurate. We see things in the future that aren't there. We assume that our predictions will be right when they're wrong. We sense that we know what the future is going to bring. He found this in the army when uh, officers were predicting which soldiers would be commandos and they were wrong. He found this when he did a eight-year uh, a uh, an eight-year research study on twenty-five wealth advisors, and found that their stock picks were as good as basically rolling the dice. But they felt like this stock's going to make it. And even later, when he told the company, they were like, "Yeah, not true." We have an illusion that we know the future. And when we see data in front of us, we know how it's going to play out. And even when life proves us wrong time and time again, even when we look at the people that we meet and we look at the jobs that we have and we look at the opportunities that are given to us and look at the people that we end up connecting to and every time that happens, every time you like, you, your, your kid gets to camp and the counselor happens to be the son of a person you did a favor to who didn't, you didn't even know. And you're like, oh my gosh. Every time you hear a story about somebody who happened to be somewhere and that daughter and that kid and every, that, that's coincidence. We forget it. And then we, we, we go back into our lives and assume that we can predict. Well, if my kid goes to this school and okay, if he makes this move in fourth grade, you see in fourth grade, if he gets into this classroom, in this classroom of these boys, these boys will have this friends and they'll probably go to these camps and da, 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 da. you start penciling out someone's life 20 years. I've ended up in this job and this job, I'll go probably go here. I'm going to, okay, I got, right? The kid's four, I'm making, right? My wife, this guy, if I go here, trust me, if I, I meet this person, this person's going to take care of me. How many times have you done this in my life? I have done this so many times, I stopped doing it. You know how many times in life I've done something because like someone's going to be there and then from there there, I'm sure it's going to be a business connection and then he can take care of you. Never happens. It almost never happens. But like you got to do, okay, you got to work. You got to do your job. But I'm saying, but like to, to predict it, you got to go, if you're in sales, you got to go out and meet people, fine. But to predict that this, 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 come on. Look back at your life. It never happens. Sometimes. Not statistically relevant. It's an illusion, the illusion of validity. It's a, it's, a, it's a cognitive bias. We feel like we can predict what tomorrow will bring, which means that means we feel we can predict what today is, what today means. So we think that when we hit a challenge or when something goes wrong or when the thing gets erased or when I sit in traffic or when someone's got, we think that it's bad or it's good. Is the virus bad or good? Let's take out loss of life. Let's take out the extremes. 
Let's take out people that should only be a little inconvenient. Let's take people that were inconvenienced by this virus, good or bad. Who knows? Who knows? We know. Yeah, so when you live in a horizon of 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 3 months, my son's bar mitzvah basically went from a huge Shabbat festival with our families, a party, the whole thing, to a, he read his Haftorah in my house with three families. He had a drive-by and a Zoom bar mitzvah. Is that good or bad? Who knows? I don't know. If my, my perspective is three months before, three months after, I would say it's bad. What if my perspective is, I don't know, five years? I don't know. I don't know these things. How do you know? How do I know? How does anybody know? How does anybody know what tomorrow is going to bring? How does anybody know whether the challenges that we go through are good or bad, whether the gifts that we go through are good or bad? I don't know. The kid that grew up in the most perfect family and he was carried around on a pillow his whole life. Is it good or bad? I don't know. What if he needs the strength in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, he doesn't have it? I don't know. We have no idea what today's challenge means for us in the long term. And if it wasn't like you needed faith to tell you that, because that's clear in faith. When we talk about like faith, that's like 101. God runs the world. If, if that wasn't enough for us, okay, we'd bring in Daniel Kahneman. Bring in an Israeli-born Nobel laureate to show you the data. Okay, science, science agrees with God. Wonderful. We cannot predict the future. Now, when we come at this negatively, we're like, we feel hopeless. Right? This is why we did this for. When we come at this in a negative way, we feel hopeless. Because, what does that mean? It's like, it could throw us. When we come at this positively, when we can look at this from a positive light and go, wait a second, I'm so grateful for what I have. I'm enjoying my life. Every little thing that I have, it's filling myself up with positivity and then strength. And then when I look at the things in front of me, I remind myself, I can control the ultimate outcome of this. What will be, I have no idea. What ends up developing in our minds is this perspective of a commando. Commandos, I don't, I'm not going to get into specific commandos, are trained to deal with what's in front of them without judging it. I have to come at this empowered. Professionals get an, they, they almost enjoy the challenge. Athletic professionals, medical professionals, legal professionals, they enjoy that enjoy it like they want to be in a difficult scenario. Enjoy it like as if they feel confident that what is in front of them is their job and they're professionals about it. They don't judge it too early. They don't, they don't get upset and then get disempowered and then become half productive when they're in front of challenge. They're built for challenge. They step into challenge. They don't know what it'll be. In fact, they assume that the challenge will bring out the best in them. 
But regular people who are supposed to be professionals in life, they don't do that. They've already predetermined that the thing in front of them is a bad thing that sucks out half of their energy. And so they give a mediocre effort and then they, whatever they say comes true because not because the thing was bad, because they did not engage in it properly. That's the difference. The positive platform that we create only enables us to go out into the world and say, I have no idea what will be the, this is ultimately good or bad. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come at this with everything I got. I'm going to bring my empowerment to the challenge because whether this challenge will be good or bad for me in the next 5, 10, 22 years, I don't know. That's not my domain. My domain is right here, right now. And so we're going to talk about a little bit. We stop trying to control the future, enabling us to use our mind for the present. The present. It's the only thing we got. All right, we're going to continue this. Thanks so much for tuning in. Every day, hopefully 12 o'clock, you can get this on demand. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.